Welcome to We Are Venomaniacs, the Venom Site's official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point of views. In this podcast series, a few of the fan club's esteemed and brave members take to the airwaves to discuss symbiote-related comics, movies, cartoons, games, and more. We also provide new updates on fresh media and merch, all, of course, about symbiotes all the time. Every so often, we will go deep into the canon and mythology of symbiotes in comics. Have you ever wondered why the symbiotes are weak against fire and sonics? Or how all these seemingly conflicting interpretations of symbiote culture or history all fit together? Who is actually the strongest spawn of the Venom symbiote? We'll get to all of that and more in, in due time. For now, let's get you up to speed. What is the Venom Site? The Venom Site, or TVS, as you'll sometimes hear us call it, is the internet's premier and officially slash unofficially recognized fan club for all things symbiotes. If you like Venom, Carnage, or any other countless symbiote characters, the Venom site is your central hub to connect and geek out with fellow fans and get the latest news on symbiote merch and media. What is a Venom Maniac? You are, if you like anything symbiote. Venom Maniac is a fan-made nickname for symbiote fans, originating straight from the Venom site's own community. Let's start off with a few introductions. First up, we have Carlos, Twitter handle, BlackFlameF50, returning for another episode. Welcome back, Carlos. Thanks for having me again. Next up, we have John, Twitter handle, VenomKnight, underscore, also making a return. Hey, John. Hey everyone, happy to be here. In this episode, we're joined by Tyler, Twitter handle, at Cliche Arbiter, also known as Symbi- Symbiobro, one of the one of TVS's most outspoken Venomaniacs. Welcome to the podcast, Tyler. No, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be on. Cliche, as has become customary with each new addition to our podcast... We'd like to know a bit more about you as a Venomaniac, so if you can, please answer a few questions for us, if you don't mind. All right. How long have you been with TVS? I haven't honestly been with the, the site too long. I, I, I've see, I saw the site like just sort of here and there, just you know, from when I was in school and stuff, but I, I never really paid much mind to it. I wasn't really huge onto like message boards or whatever, and so... And then I only really started to get into it once uh, Space Knight started coming out. And so, and like, I, I started looking on the side, like, okay, these are a bunch of big fans. Like, this is where I get news for Venom, like, a lot. And then, uh, and then I actually started commenting once the new Venom series came out. Like, I'm going to be a part of this community. And so I, you know, I just thought I'd get into that. And, you know, here I am now. Thank you. And how were you introduced to Venom and Symbiotes? I, like some of the other people on the podcast, was first introduced through the 90s cartoon uh, Spider-Man. So, you know, <laughs> and I, I, I just fell in love with, you know, just Spider-Man in general, but especially Venom. Just, he's so cool, and it just, that show still has one of my favorite incarnations of Eddie Brock. So, it, it's awesome. Nice. And who is your favorite symbiote or host? Favorite symbiote? Definitely Venom. I mean, how can you not say Venom? But then definitely Agent Venom, specifically Flash Thompson, is my favorite host. Like, I fell in love with him as soon as I... I, I liked Flash from, like, he was always sort of like the bully who became the friend. And, you know, 
I didn't pay him a whole lot of mind, but then uh, the Amazing Spider-Man issue came out. I forget what issue it was. It's 564, 574, I think, where he it shows how he lost his legs, and I really gained a lot of respect for him, and it was a very extremely well-written issue, and just it made you really like the character. And then, you know, the whole twist came out that he becomes a new Venom, and I wasn't sure how to feel about it at first. I was like, it looks kind of weird, just like military gear. He's like, oh, it's Flash Thompson, and so... I didn't actually start, like, it was at a time when I wasn't too into comics. I was still only buying, like, Amazing Spider-Man and Deadpool. But then I started buying when Flash, uh, Venom when Flash moved to Philly. And that was my first issue of Venom. And I've been buying ever since. And I've bought the first two trades now of Remnant's Run. And so, yeah, absolutely, I'm a giant Flash, Flash Thompson fan. Great. Uh, and uh, what is your favorite symbiote comic or story arc? I gotta go with Carnage USA. Like, it's just so great. It's short little series. You got Doppelganger you, just sitting there in the background. And then you have uh, you have animal symbiotes. You have Gorilla, Venom versus Carnage, uh, Zoo, <laughs> the whole zoo. And then you got a, uh, you have a cripple fight. And then, <laughs> the, and then you have Agent Venom first, well, Spider-Man first meeting Flash as Agent Venom instead of just normal Hulk out Venom. And it's just like, oh my God, the Punisher's dressed up like me. And so <laughs> it's just... And then that beautiful Clayton Crane art, just gorgeous. And so I love everything about Carnage USA. Excellent. And finally, if you could bond with any symbiote in the Marvel Universe, which would it be? See, I thought a lot about this because first instinct is definitely to say Venom because how can you not say Venom? Because, you know, we all like him and he's sympathetic or he's been through a lot. But the more you think about it, like, realistically... Would I want to? Because he's got a lot of baggage. He's got a lot of baggage. And, and you know, he's prone to freaking out. And so I think I honestly got to say Toxin. Just because Toxin is the newborn. He's, I could teach him between right and wrong, just like Pat was doing. And so, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get more of a deeper bond since he's newer still. All right, thank you. Next up, we're joined by one of TVS's well-known personalities and curator of the Amalgamated Symbiosis fan art gallery on Tumblr. Aaron, Twitter handle at Bizarnage. Welcome to the podcast, Aaron. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here after I missed the first two, but I'm here to make my grand entrance. All right. And uh, let's have you answer the same questions. Uh, how long have you been with the Venom site? Oh, man. I've been here for six long years. Starting in 2011, I need to find a place to vent my angering frusta- uh, frustration at Marvel for just ruining Venom with this whole Agent Venom nonsense. In fact, you can go all the way back to when Agent Venom started, like all the posts on the Venom site, all the comic discussions, and you'll see me writing long paragraph essays about how this is just ruining Venom from its core and how it's abomination to the world of comics. But over a while, after I started talking with people, I joined Twitter talking with you and other guys, I, I, I started to like Flash a little bit more, and I kind of cooled off, and I saw that it's, Flash wasn't the worst thing in the world, and it brought in new fans, as we have already seen. And, um, and from that, I've been involved in, in the site, such as blog posts, and making a Venom Wiki, and now this podcast, as well as myself searching websites each multiple times a day trying to find 
new variant covers, new news, just new content for the Venom fans to love and enjoy. Thank you. And how were you introduced to Venom and Symbiotes? Well, like everyone else, I was introduced to Venom and the Symbiote from the 90s Spider-Man animated series. <laughs> and from there, I just knew Venom as an awesome character. Um, but it, it didn't really start until 2006 when I saw Superman Returns in theater. I saw that the Spider-Man 3 trailer with the Venom symbiote going over Spider-Man. And I just thought to myself, hey, you know what? Venom was a pretty cool dude. I, I, I want to read more about him. And after I saw the movie, I picked up, well, years after I saw the movie, I p picked up a New Ways to Die trade, which reintroduced me to Eddie and where the Venom and where Venom has grown since then. And from there, I started buying trades from old Spider-Man issues, old Venom issues, and I really fell in love with Eddie Brock and his character and how it evolved over years. And then from there, I started continuing to reading uh, more modern Spider-Man comics with Big Time, which introduced Agent Venom a short time later, and here I am now. <laughs> it's great that like we've all been introduced to Venom through the animated series. <laughs> I think that's going to be an answer for pretty much anyone who comes on this podcast. And uh, who is your favorite symbiote and host? Well, if you know me, you already know the answer is Eddie Brock and Venom. From just the look at him, you know what Venom is all about. He's a twisted version of black-suited Spider-Man, and even Eddie's reflection, or even Eddie's character, reflects all of that. He came from a broken family. He's divorced. He, he was a shamed ex-journalist that used that used questionable methods to get his big scoop. And at his lowest point, after all of that was ruined and taken away, he bonded with an alien at its lowest at its lowest point too. And they bonded in this beautiful hatred while also having this high sense of moral duty to protect the innocent with lethal force. And mix that with stories about underground cities, toxic waste monsters infecting them, evil goblins, robotic girls. And then crossovers with Punisher, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, other Spider-Man related people. It was great. I loved it. Loved all the 90s minis. And and I even loved how Eddie and the symbiote evolved separate from each other as Eddie had cancer. Uh, he uh, became anti-venom and toxin. And now he's back as Venom, which is something we're going to have to talk about a little bit later in this podcast. Yeah. And uh, then, who? I mean, what is your favorite symbiote comic or story arc? Well, there's a lot of good old Venom that I love that are right by my heart. But honestly, I think the one story comic that like just blew me out of the water that just said yes, this is what I like seeing was um, Rick Remender's Agent Venom or Venom number seven. Uh, and that was during the Spider Island uh, story arc where, where he was anti-Venom. And, uh, and he had his moment in the sun. He was healing people. And he was basically Spider-Jesus, just healing all the infected spider people. And in his famous Our Lady of the Saints Church, Flash comes to confront him. And the two just have it out. Eddie starts preaching to Flash as they're fighting, saying how Venom is awful, how it destroyed his life, how... Now it'll destroy his as well. And Flash actually starts to think that, yeah, Eddie might be right here. And he's and at the very end, he says, get off me. And the symbiote goes to Eddie, and it just brings back all the nostalgia. Eddie Venom is back for maybe about one page until it goes back to Flash. That whole issue was blown out of the water. The fight scenes, 
the the dialogue, just everything that happened. I love that whole story, even when when I was very much against Agent Venom at that time. If you could bond to any symbiote in the Marvel Universe, which would it be? Well, for this question, I'm going to have to get a little bit obscure and say the Payback symbiote. Payback was only in five issues, but her whole deal is her uh, symbiote is a variation of the regular symbiotes that feed on bliss instead of hatred. So the symbiote itself is sane, so in your head, it'll still talk to you and you have a little friend in your head. But it's also resistance to fire, sonics, and also has uh, lightning projection, and it even lets you fly. So it's the best of both worlds. You have all these powers and a friend that still talks to you in your head. Nice. So that's all of our guests uh, for this episode. Uh, welcome to the podcast, everyone. As for myself, my name is Orion. Twitter handle at Orion Starboy. I'm your main host for most, if not all, of the podcast. Let's get started with our discussions. First off, we'd like to let our listeners know that this episode is part one in a two-part ep- uh, podcast extravaganza. In this two-part series, we will be discussing recent and upcoming developments in Symbiote Comics. In the next episode, we'll discuss the upcoming Land Before Crime story arc starting in Venom number 151 and the all-new Edge of Venomverse event. Tonight, however, we're discussing the oversized issue of Venom number 150. Last month, the first story arc of the current Venom comic series ended with issue 6. It also marked, hopefully, the last time Venom's newest host, Lee Price, was bonded to the symbiote. Now, unsurprisingly, Lee has received mixed reactions from readers. Some say his time as Venom was cut short and that there was a lot of character development potential. If you've been following our podcast, though, you probably already know that we don't really care much for Lee, so we're not going to dwell on him for too long. What really got us talking, though, is how Casa handled Eddie Brock's characterization and the circumstances of his return as Venom. Let's have a very brief discussion about Venom number six and Eddie's return. Let's have you start our brief discussion, Carlos. Well, uh, as it stands, when I read uh, issue six of Venom, I was kind of like not surprised how um, at the end it was all kind of anticlimactic. And uh, also Aaron kind of pointed out he called it when he said like, when you see Venom swinging into the night and he's saying that he's back, it was it was the only page that we've ever had. Like I was kind of hoping that at least they would have showed us maybe one more page of Eddie and Venom rebonding again. Um, but for me personally, like, again, I have nothing. I absolutely love the art. It's just that I wish it, there was just more to it. And um, but overall, I mean, I'm just glad Eddie's back again. And you know, um, issue 150 was really great. And you know, it was just it had ups and downs. And yeah, so you know. Thank you. And anyone else have anything, any uh, last thoughts or anything about Venom number six? I mean, well, one thing One thing I wanted to say, sorry, Aaron, uh, I'll let you get to no, it in fine. a second. Uh, a lot of people have a problem with the symbiote just going, like, hating Spider-Man again. And I'm actually okay with that because I've always liked the symbiote having a love-hate relationship. And people like, I've heard people say, like, oh, why is Spider-Man, like, doing this? He should know Venom's a good guy. 
See, here's the thing. Spider-Man's always been a douche to the symbiote. Like, his entire... And he even... He at least admits it this time. He's like, I'm going to hell for this. Like, so, so I mean, it, any, ever since he learned it was alive, he's been a jerk to the symbiote. So, and now that it's off Flash, and even though it admitted it was a hero and stuff, like, it, yeah, the symbiote could have, like, just formed into a humanoid and, like, talked calmly, but I'm pretty sure it was just so desperate to get away from Lee and go to a hero that it decided to crawl on the floor like a friggin' face hugger to get to Spider-Man, but... So Spider-Man, and yeah, and he was a jerk to the symbiote and tried capturing it. And so, and I think the symbiote, like, people have said, like, oh, like, the symbiote was doing bad things. Like, of course, like, Spider-Man would be trying to capture it. Why doesn't the symbiote understand that? Well, the thing is, like, the symbiote, in its mind, it is the victim. And in a sense, it is. It was not in control of its actions. Like, if you if you have a telepath who controls you and makes you do bad things, nobody you. It's obviously the telepath's problem. And that's one was in no control of its actions. So I totally understand why the symbiote hates Spider-Man again, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, and not to mention that, you know, over these past six issues, we've been seeing the symbiote uh, mentally and uh, and just he was devolving the entire time because of his exposure to Lee and Lee's just abuse and evilness. So uh, when it came time for uh, Spider-Man to enact his plan, I don't think the symbiote even had the ability to speak out to Spider-Man as it had before, when, uh, like after the cleansing back in Venom's space night, and Venom could exist on its own and talk to anyone around it. So I think it lost that ability, and definitely um, it couldn't explain its situation to Spider-Man at all, and of course Spider-Man's going to be a dick to symbiotes no matter what. So I had some some things to say, but that just covered everything. It makes sense why it's Spider-Man. Now it, it it wants to be a hero so bad. Spidey is a hero, but he just rejects it after seeing it. You know, destroying, just blowing up the FBI. Spider-Man saw it was too bad, and he knew he had to team up with Eddie and just stop it. Oh, I, I love that. I, I loved him still teaming up with Eddie. That he Eddie oh, yeah. doesn't Even hate Spider Man. Yeah, obviously he yeah. still hates him. Like, oh, Eddie Brock should have known this guy was involved. Yeah, but they're not at each other's throats. They're working together to take down. I I really like that. Oh yeah, and and, and, I, and I think too. Like, I would blame Lee because like after all that crap he put him through, pretty much abusing it. Like that was just a starting point since like from issue one to five, pretty much. So. But he's still alive, though. <laughs> yeah, and I will. I'll say my one big negative for the issue. Like I thought this was better than all the previous issues. Obviously, I haven't likely. I'm glad he was taken away and the symbiote finally beat him. My con is Eddie's position towards the symbiote. Like it's not made clear why. He, like we'll get into, into this, especially with 150. Oh, but oh yeah, the, we yeah, we absolutely will. But like the way. Like, the, especially the line, my darling. I, I really don't like that line. It doesn't make sense with Eddie's previous characterization. And it just really upset me that he's just wanting the symbiote back so badly for a reason that's not apparent at all. Yeah, so uh, I think that's, uh, unless anyone has anything else they want to add about uh, Venom number 6 or anything leading up to it. Uh, I well, think... If I can say one thing, Ryan? Yeah, not a problem. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, uh, but... I think just my quick short review of like the first six issues is just 
skip it. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah exactly. Then, skip it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing significant enough happens. Nothing good the, came the from it. The characterization <laughs> actually makes less sense with Lee. If you just read the Flash Thompson story in 150, it makes more sense yeah, like exactly. going straight to Eddie or something like that. Yeah, Lee did nothing significant to the symbiote. Uh, all the side characters are insignificant, like the fire mutant who well, was supposedly I would, his you know, neighbor. I would actually um, hazard to say that at least one of the side characters introduced might be important down the line, considering Flash Thompson's story in Venom number one fifty. But true. Well, we'll get to that point. True, but uh, if you know, if my friend were to ask me, "Hey, I want to get into Venom, like the new Venom series. Where should I start?" I would absolutely tell him just skip the one fifty. Yes, yes. All right, so I think that's a good place to uh, pin that conversation, and we're just gonna move on uh, to the moment we've all been waiting for. Let's talk about the big one, Venom number one fifty. This massive beast unofficially marks the beginning of Marvel's upcoming Legacy publishing initiative. Legacy takes a bunch of comics like Ultimate Squared and other yet-to-be-announced ongoing series and renumbering them with Legacy enumeration, which is basically counting up all of the past issues and series from the same title and making them the sum of the new issue number these uh, Marvel Legacy comics will start from. In Venom's case, it got its 150th issue number from adding up various ongoings and limited series like Venom Lethal Protector and the other Venom title books, especially like from the 90s miniseries and uh, Agent Venom's uh, comics. Uh, A few liberties were taken, however, in the renumbering, but you can see which comics Marvel used to get to the Milestone Legacy number in the pages of Venom number 150. They have a great collage piece that uh, we all think maybe was inspired by uh, Aaron's collage piece ma- that he made for us. So, what did this first issue have for Venomaniacs? Three separate stories by three different creative teams. First, we have the main story, Heart of Darkness, by Mike Costa, Trad Moore, and Felipe Sobrero, which follows up Venom number 6 and Eddie's first day as Venom once more. Let's summarize the issue. Eddie and the symbiote go out on their first night back together to stop a robbery at a research and development lab. Eddie quickly finds out that his, gro- uh, his gooey partner is struggling with the concept of heroism as Venom nearly kills uh, the lowly robbers for no good reason. Eddie and the symbiote then find themselves back at the church where they first bonded all those years ago back in Amazing Spider-Man number 300. There, Eddie uh, scares off a couple of punks and talks with the church's pastor about his relationship issues, secretly, of course, about the symbiote. The pastor gives Eddie some sound advice, but the symbiote takes offense to his suggestions and has Eddie leave the place. Later, Venom runs into the Scorpion, who's been hunting him down since the whole affair with Lee Price. uh, Scorpion manages to blast the symbiote with a sonic weapon, but just as he's about to kill Eddie, the symbiote disables Scorpion's suit and carries a weakened Eddie away. 
When Eddie comes to, he finds that the symbiote made him kill the pastor from earlier in the church scene for trying to get between it and Eddie. And that's where the issue ends. Uh, there's a lot to unpack from just this story. So let's have our resident Eddie Brock Uber fan, Aaron, start our discussion about Heart of Darkness. Aaron? Oh, boy. I just want to start off saying I was really excited for this book. Eddie being back as Venom is something I've been waiting years for. I've been ranting about it, memeing about it on Twitter, hoping it would happen for years. But I did have my few issues with it. And I also want to say I think we can all agree that us being diehard Venom fans are hard to please. But we still love that Venom is, is continuing to be so popular. And I think we'll always support these books. Um, so, so folks that, that may be listening, if you're a higher up at Marvel, we love you. Please please keep doing Venom books. So uh, where to start? Um, Tradmore's art was great. His strongest suit is, of course, illustrating action scenes, which were really well done. And the splash page at the start showing Eddie's through his life as, as he started to become Venom is everything a fanboy like me could ask for. Now, the, the whole theme of this story was love, and while it's clear that the symbiote still loves Eddie unconditionally, of course, like even when when Mac and Flash were, were bonded to it, it still showed strong emotions for Eddie, and even after Eddie tried to kill it multiple times and even rejected it in the first place, it, it still has that deep love for him, and it's still addicted to it. Um, but I think we're all still not sure why Eddie even cared for it after all it's done, such as uh, had, like uh, it, it indirectly killed ex-wife Anne Wang. It gave him cancer and corrupted and corrupted him into this mass murdering man that 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 now is starting to say that he's calling it my darling and my love. I mean, that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But while it's not directly stated, it seems like Costa is saying that this relationship is kind of like how the symbiote treats Spider-Man. Yes, Eddie hates the symbiote for what it did to him back in the past, but in the back of his mind, he might still deeply care for it, and and um, he might still have this love for it. This is like how the, how the symbiote wanted to kill Spider-Man for rejecting it, but again... This isn't spelled out anywhere, I don't think. And I suppose Eddie right now is in a huge slump in his life. He still has no one to, t to talk to, to depend on. Uh, the FBI doesn't trust him, as they said in Venom and Six, in Venom Six. And everyone in the Marvel Universe seems to still think of him or the villain formerly known as Venom. And and on top of that. Eddie has no symbiote anymore. As, as we already know, he is addicted to having that power. It's spelled out in the Carnage series by, by Conway, which was great. Everyone said that he's just addicted to the power and can't be trusted. And maybe he sees the Venom symbiote as, as, a, as a way to have both these things. His power back and a relationship with, with something or someone that still cares for him. And it's the same thing with the with the Venom symbiote. Uh, Eddie comes to rescue it like a knight in shining armor when Flash is gone and Spider-Man rejected again, and it's captured by the FBI. And it and it's and all of that just sending it over the edge by start, and it's uh, it's being corrupted again. So 
So much so that it probably doesn't even care that Eddie set that whole plan with Spider-Man up. It's just happy to have its old friend Eddie back with it. But uh, I wouldn't say Eddie's character is ruined. He still wants to be a hero and not look stupid, as he says in the book. And But right now, he's, he's even questioning if being Venom right now is even good for him. Because the, the symbiote is still talking, whispering in his mind to go murder people. Which hurts this, the symbiote's character, but this is where Venom probably really should always be at, I think. Um, so right now, I, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical about the whole issue. I'm happy that 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 Eddie is, is back as Venom. I'm not completely sure why he's questioning his faith. It might be because he's unsure where he is with the, the Venom symbiote's relationship. But I'm a huge Brock fan, so I'm going to keep looking on the bright side that Venom is back and unsure of himself as he ever was. And um, it might be interesting to see how these two uh, change as, as time moves on. But Eddie, you gotta have to face it. You're addicted to love, man. <laughs> That's, I mean, you pretty much helped us uh, encapsulate the entire issue. Um, so let's see. Uh, what did people like most about this issue? Let's I'll, start with that. I'll say right now, I definitely have my issues with the comment, but one of my favorite parts was the art. The Tradmore art is just beautiful. I've he's got a very distinctive style. Like I, I really haven't seen anything like it, and it's just the way he draws, just beautiful. Just yeah, the motion. Yeah, it surprised me because you know uh, when I first saw the previews for Tradmore, Tradmore's art, I was like, uh, I'm on the fence about this. It looks a bit blocky and everything. But then when you read the entire issue, it's like, holy crap, we need more Tradmore. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I can yeah. see why it might turn some people off, like the her's perspective and all, but I think it totally works for the comic. I mean, like the fight scenes look good, but like when it's just like him, like like in uh, like the church scene, like we hear where he's just standing there, it does look a little bit off. But the fight scenes in the whole issue are great. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, uh, for me, like, uh, like I agree with like about the whole art but for me personally the reason why i like it so much more is because it just screams kind of like more towards the 90s era of venom how he used to be drawn and that's what kind of made me look at you know at that perspective it kind of looked familiar how it used to be in the mid 90s and like like a like like you said aaron the whole splash page with all the memories of eddie brock uh, you know the black goo going all over the page like that was just a great splash page overall, so I really love that. What I, they also, did there. I also want to highlight the panel when the scorpion first shows up, and Eddie's just, you know, he's puking out the symbiote at all orifices, and little blood coming out. I was like, oh man, that's gruesome. That's how I imagine like Cletus Cassidy transforming to Carnage, just bleeding out of every orifice, and the blood just going all over his body and becoming the symbiote. That just looks awesome. Yeah, it's very nasty, but we all love it. <laughs> um, and so we like the art, yes. Um, how about any story choices? Uh, anything about the story that we might like? I kind of like how Eddie's uh, doubting his relationship with Symbiote. It's a it's a new, interesting dynamic. I think obviously he you had to sacrifice a lot of his character development. Over 
past few years to get here. But if you just ignore that and take it for how it is, it's it's a really interesting dynamic that I really like. Eddie Brock, for the first time, I think, is you know really doubting that this is good for him. You know, inside of the symbiote, right? Well, I think he um, back around uh, Venom: The Hunger, starting from then and going on, we got to see a lot of doubt with Eddie Brock about their uh, his relationship with the symbiote, um, and that's really nice. With this, is that it's um, it's an homage to that where, oh, you know, it's it's great to have what you want, but is it really that great? You know, is it all you expected it to be? And it's turning out not to be everything you expected. And yeah, like like you said, um, the whole part about, uh, well, the, the whole thing about, you know, him calling it my love or whatever f- repeatedly is a little disturbing. It's like, it's a bit much calling it, oh, my love, my love, my love. We get it. You love the symbiote. But also the fact that he said he had been waiting to to bond with Venom for a long time. Uh, that, for years. For, for years. years. For years, exactly. For years. It's it's it, it, it flies in the face of everything that we know about Venom because all you have to do is look back at, uh, at Aaron's favorite... Venom comic, the uh, uh, Venom number seven, when he was anti-Venom, you know, when he battled with uh, with Agent Venom, uh, for a moment the symbiote got back onto Eddie, and we saw him. You know, he was distressed. He was like, "I do not want this." He was crying because he didn't want to be with Venom again. So we know that it's like, does he really want the symbiote back? Because that's a little bit difficult to sell after everything he's gone through. Right. Yeah, that was. I, that was definitely my biggest issue with the comic. Just like, the, especially that line about dreaming it, because that's blatantly wrong. Like things can be like you know strewn this way or that, but that that line in itself is just that's false. That's not true at all. And so, and it, like I'll get into some of my other cons later, but yeah, that definitely is one of the big ones. It's like Eddie himself is written well, and I think it's Eddie's voice, but the whole fact that he so quickly falls back in love with the symbiote and he's like oh yeah i've always wanted this i have a big issue with that right well like the thing is too is like also during the whole carnage uh series like when he sacrificed toxin and you know whatever happened to toxin you know i don't want to get into that it's like i felt like well since he doesn't have a symbiote anymore i'm pretty sure now he's gonna have his sights set on venom and you know that's why he kind of was you know i need that power again maybe that's had something to do with it as well so you know, he was kind of thirsty to be bonded again in some way. I mean, we all know he is an addict for power and love because his whole relationship with his father, uh, I, I'm always touting this, that, you know, he has this victim complex. He's always searching for recognition. He's trying to, uh, you know, as, as, he's, he doesn't want to be the one to blame for anything that he does. He wants people to love him, and he's addicted to the power because he thinks he can use that power to get what he wants. And so the symbiote does represent that for him, and even though he's rejected the symbiote for all these years, I do see how, like, maybe in the very back of his mind, even though he's he's so resistant about getting the symbiote back, I think in the back of his mind, he always really he really did always want it, he just never really admitted it until now. Right. I, I, You know, a lot of people may not agree with me on this, but uh, I feel like Costa did to Eddie what Bendis did to the symbiote uh. as, far as, as far as 
doing what he wanted with it without any worry for the character beforehand, mm-hmm. right? And uh, yeah. so so Bendis gave a one-page explanation completely changing the characters of, you know, the symbiotes, and Costa gave one speech completely changing the character of Eddie Brock for the past... Thirteen years. Although I, I, I'll I'll be the the dissenter here, and I'll say that I actually liked what 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 Bendis did, and I have my reasons for it. But I, I'll sure. agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like folks love Space Knight, so <laughs> I mean, so maybe it's not all bad. I mean, maybe you can flip, flip around, and maybe you know, I liked the second half of Space Knight. Great, you know. Yeah, well, I liked... right. Well, <laughs> the the analogy goes deeper because I feel like. There's a lot of good stuff that came out of Space Knight, like the symbiote being able to speak more freely, like officially, right? Oh, because yeah. It, yeah. it could just talk on and off before, but now it officially can just speak. And and I feel like a lot of good can come from this, from you know Venom 150 and on. I think a lot of good can come from it, but you have to swallow a really large pill of getting rid of years and years of character, right? And we have to explain why it works and not the writers, and that's the yeah. most annoying part. Yeah, just on a surface level, it just it blatantly feels wrong. Like, yes, you can look into it and like all the intricacies and what he didn't write in between the lines, but yes, from like the surface, me, like I said, <laughs> yeah, but the fact that like you, you could have done it more subtle, like like no one's really ever referenced like Eddie's love for the addiction, like show him struggling to get back into this, but instead it's just immediately my love, like. It's just really weird, and it's it's a one eighty. So you have to like you can't just show that to us. You have you have to like like write it. Like yeah, it's just a, yeah. It, so it was, it's just, and it was disturbing whole, to see. Yeah. It was disturbing yeah. to see him say that the first time. Like he said, "My darling," in in issue number six when he first saw the symbiote. There, I was like, "Okay, this is getting a bit weird." And then in issue number one fifty, it's my love all the time. Like there was no easing into that. That was a bit and jarring. Then, and then after the whole the robbery scene, he's like already starting to tell himself. I'm like, well, that was like fast. he really like, just started bombing. Like, yeah, yeah. And right. now and now he's having second thoughts about it. It's like, oh, come on, man. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really quick. The whole, yeah, the whole thing is rushed. Lee was not supposed to happen. Lee was <laughs> Lee was supposed to last, but then they said, oh, Lee isn't looking too good. Folks don't folks don't like him. We need this whole. You know, 150, 100 legacy numbering. So pick Lee out of there and get Eddie back on the symbiote. Sell thousands upon thousands of dollars of drink covers. Get Eddie back. Let's go, people. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the the initial plan, I think they were, were eventually going to bring Lee in, but not as soon as they did. They actually wanted oh, Lee to last. Yeah. <laughs> and just, he did and, not work. <laughs> and but, the only thing. Hey, I'm, I'm not complaining. Eddie's back, baby. <laughs> The the only thing I also want to say too about the first part of the story, like for me, I did like the whole fight between uh, Eddie and Scorpion. Oh yeah. Um, and just and just seeing Eddie finally getting his payback after all those years from uh, New Ways to Die, and you know, it's just like I kind of felt like yes, he finally gets his revenge and he just beats the crap out of Scorpion because again, like I I don't I don't like Scorpion. I definitely didn't like him as Venom back then. So. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but 
the the one page I love with that scorpion fight is when Eddie finally knocks him out and he's falling back into the symbiote and and fainting and the symbiote's gonna take him away and take him to safety. I really yes, yeah, holding hands the whole time. Oh, yeah, I love that. Hands. Oh, love it. So oh. lovable. Yeah, and did you guys notice that like when he falls completely back into it, it's holding his face as well? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that it's is, like uh, going into his mouth and whatnot. That's it, it, great it, imagery. It gives, I'm actually, I didn't get to say this earlier, I'm not like a huge fan of his art, but I am a fan of what he did with it. Like the, like you guys said, the blood uh, and the symbiote bonding and, uh, and the hand holding and the face holding gives it this appropriately creepy vibe. Like this isn't like a good relationship, very too hand holding. Like I love my darling. It's it's like, it's like how. It's like how the Venom symbiote did the same thing for Peter in uh, Web of Spider-Man number one when he brought him to safety downstairs in the bell tower. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and what I really loved about the whole hand-holding part, it, uh, I know it's a terrible reference, but it reminded me of the Enchantress transformation scene from Suicide Squad. Mm. And I like oh, that. Right. That was a great visual. Yeah. So that's what it reminded me of. I'm like, that's great. I like that. Um, so, I think, uh, unless anyone has anything else to talk about... I do. Uh, okay. just one thing we didn't really touch on was the whole priest character. Because, uh, uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so, I really like the dialogue, Eddie, like, and that's another thing, with Eddie's beliefs. And so, I really don't like that they seem to be making him doubt his religion. Like, yes, you could say he did have that in Carnage, but in this, is just like, oh yeah, I don't believe in God anymore. It's like, it's just like... Uh, I mean, I mean, he, I, says, I mean I, he says he doesn't believe in God, but as the priest point out, yet you're still here in this church. Yeah, so I'm hoping they do more of that, and because I really don't want Eddie's faith to be completely gone. And for the priest character himself, I really liked the dialogue that he was having with them, and even though Symbio didn't like it, and so I, I kind of wish we had gotten more of him instead of just killing him for shock value. We're like, yes, but it hopefully was he's not dead. Maybe he's yeah. still alive. You know, maybe I don't know. I do not there. think that's, so. And we never that's why knew I was his confused. name. That's all I have is hope, man. That's all I. Have that's why I was confused because I, I thought it was Scorpion who who was trying to track down Eddie, but then it turns out okay, it had to have been the symbiote because it could have been him because I thought he was tracking him or whatever. So like, like it was a good powerful moment with the like, and it's going to make them their relationship complicated now that it's. But it's just the fact that I think he could have been a really good supporting character for Eddie, and yeah. that's what Eddie needs—someone to yeah. talk to. It was—it was a wasted opportunity. It's like, oh, and we didn't even know his name. We never knew no, his name. Mister Priest. Priest, R.I.P. Yep. But right. one fifty. But on Venom one fifty, why have Eddie Venom? He was this big character. He's finally back. Why have them kill an innocent priest? the big landmark issue just kind of irks me too yeah right like yeah. the very first issue he's back he kills an innocent yeah. person which is like the one thing he doesn't do right See, yeah. and the, and that's one of those things that makes me worried that costa just wants to go back to making eddie and venom a villain and i don't uh, want that right you know exactly it, it was like a super powerful moment i'd like to compare it to uh the very first issue of venom volume three where venom like crawling away from lee it's like a similarly powerful moment, except done right. Like, in my opinion, at least. And also, we get another uh, on that last page with him holding the priest. We get another image of the whole hand holding with the right. symbiote. That it's like that you know, after killing these priests and the symbiote's holding your hand tenderly, like, oh my god, 
that was just wrong. Yeah, it was it was really drawn well. So, <laughs> all right, I think that that's a good uh, place to put a pin in the end conversation. We have two more uh, stories to get through, so um, let's get on to the next one. So the next story in Venom number 150 is the one that a lot of Agent Venom fans have been waiting for. It's called Dependence Day by uh, the creative team of Robbie Thompson, Gerardo Sandoval, and Dano Sanchez Almara. Uh, It's a short story that Agent Venom fans have been waiting for that explains why the symbiote was no longer with Flash prior to this series' first issue. So here's a short summary. Agent Venom and Mania are teaming up, uh, are tearing up a bunch of lower demons as New York City's newest resident dynamic duo. Following the clash in an evening of pizza and banter, Mania swings home for the night, uh, leaving Agent Venom with an unknown stalker who's been tracking him all day. After a brief spar with the armored attacker, the symbiote gets blasted with a huge sonic burst, sending it into a fitful rage. Flash tries to calm it down, but it takes off into the city. As Flash chases his, after his partner, it's revealed that FBI agent Wamba, from the current uh, Venom series, was the man in the armor, and that the attack was part of a secret plan to separate the symbiote from Flash. We don't yet know what the plan was. Um, Flash searches for weeks for the symbiote to no avail as the symbiote wanders the city's alleys, suffering from fits of rage and finally bonding to the homeless guy we saw in the beginning of Venom number one. So, John, you're the most outspoken Venom, Agent Venom fan of the group and basically Aaron's Twitter counterpart slash rival. What were your thoughts with Dependence Day. Well, if you guys don't mind me going on a little tirade like Aaron did for 150, I'll give you like kind of a summary of my thoughts. Overall, the feeling I get from this from this eight-page issue is that it was extremely weak. Uh, the reason that it left Flash Thompson makes absolutely no sense, uh, except for the fact that he uses a plot gun to randomly make the symbiote angry. Uh but then in issue number one of Venom number six, he's looking for someone similar to Flash. He's looking for a hero. He might as well be looking for Flash, but he doesn't. He doesn't go back to Flash's home. He instead bonds to a homeless man. It, it really doesn't make too much sense. Uh, that Those are my biggest gripes about it, and, and we'll all discuss about that soon. But I'm going to talk about the few things that I found that were really fantastic, first and foremost. Uh, Flash's and Andy's relationship and dialogue was adorable. It was perfect. I couldn't be happier with it. Uh, there's so much fan art of him telling her to do her homework, and now it's finally in an issue, which makes me <laughs> absolutely happy. Uh, I'm, I'm always a big, big fan of Sandoval's art. I really like how he draws Agent Venom. Uh, I really like, this is a small moment, but I really like how Flash continues to use help groups to uh, cope with things. He, Heck, he used a help group in space uh, during Space Night, so it only makes sense that he would use one now. Uh, and I'm really excited that uh, they have plans for him in the future. So th- those are my basic thoughts about it. Excellent. Yeah, I think um, for, for all of us, the favorite part were those first couple of pages with, 
with uh, Mania. Yeah, absolutely, that that first page is so great. Oh, it was. It's what we want. We want a. If you're listening to this, Devin, we know you're listening to this. You told us. You told us in the letter pages with my letter. If you're listening to this, we want a Mania and Flash Thompson solo series. Just Mania. Yeah, our girl. Make it I'll take a mini series. I'll please. take a one shot. Just something. Please, just, just please make it happen. We want to see Mania more often, please. Yes, please. please. Right. And so, uh, yeah, um, the the way that they separated. Flash from the symbiote was a bit troubling. However, I have my own theories that I've been floating around on Twitter. If you've been following us, uh, watching John and and Carlos and 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 Tyler and I just arguing back and forth about how <laughs> this works and how it doesn't. I, it's all theories. That's it's the it's all theories. Though. That's that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's the oh, best yeah. we can do until we get an actual explanation for anything. If we get one at all. If we get one at all. If we get one at all, that's oh. the problem. <laughs> now, so what my th- what my theory is, is if this goes back to uh, Space Knight, age, uh, Venom Space Knight, and the particular issue is with issue number 10, uh, like, it was the issue when uh, Venom was having his trial with the rest of the Clintar because of his uh, re-corruption after being cleansed. Uh, he's having this whole issue and everything, and so uh, he's having his trial flashes in on it, so he, he gets to see everything that's going on, and it turns out, uh, the revelation is that the reason the cleansing wasn't complete was because of Mania uh, back on Earth. Uh, she she couldn't be cleansed because she has the hell mark still, and even in this issue with number 150, this story Mania still has her hell mark, and she can't be fully clean, cleansed, and therefore Venom can't be whole and fully cleansed. And so Venom is still suffering from its corruption when it rebond when it went uh, temporarily bonded with that with that uh, alien villain from Space Knight. I forget his name. I think it's like a Mercurio, Mercurio or something. Mercurio or something Mercurio. like yeah, exactly. Mercurio. Yeah, and so uh, he's still suffering from that. Uh, he's also suffering from the memories of his very first host, which we got to kind of know a little bit about, where the first uh, alien host he had uh, made him kill the entire planet that the uh, alien host had come from. So uh, I think uh, the symbiote is still suffering from its corruption. And we all know from, if you've ever read Venom Dark Seed, or uh, Seed of Darkness... Uh, which was the issue that uh, was like a flashback for uh, Eddie Brock when he was a reporter, reporter before being Venom. He encountered a symbiote called Crowbaugh, the, the Living Darkness. And Crowbaugh, yeah, yeah. when he came to Earth, the first time he came to Earth, uh, it was explained that um, just huma- humanity's collective psychic uh, noise drove him insane, drives symbiotes insane. That's why most of the symbiotes we see on Earth are evil. And only a few of them, like hybrid and and toxin, are the exceptions because um, they've they're a bit immune. Not they built up an immunity to the to the insanity, although they still are malleable to the uh, to human psyche, uh, psychic influence. But um, you have Venom coming back to Earth uh, to help Mania out 
Mania hasn't been helped out yet. She still has her Hellmark, and so he he's still struggling with that, along with this environment, this world of psychic madness for him. And so when he gets blasted by this uh, by this uh, plot gun, as you put it, um, we we know that in the armor is Agent Wamba of the FBI, who has this plan, who knows about symbios. Of course, the, the U.S. government would know about symbios, about their weaknesses and everything. So he, he probably had a plan to separate the symbiote because the FBI wanted to know who Spider-Man was under the mask, and that was their whole plan with Lee Price was to try or, to get him. Yeah. Or it was Eddie who just wanted the symbiote all to himself. Or so that... Exactly. Dude, uh, you know, right, them. So yeah. they they want the to separate on the radio, probably, maybe. That's, who knows? That's See, a and the, weren't, weren't these the same guys who were like talking about, oh, who is Venom? Like in the car? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, they. The only reason Wambog learns about Venom's weakness is that it bonds with him for a second, and he says, "Hold up, this thing's weak to fire." I can tell because it's in my head or something like that, right? And, oh, apparently he already knew he was being fired because he uses it on Flash. Yeah, uh, so like, one through five was a mistake, apparently. So, the whole issue is just, yeah, it should not have happened, it seems like. It's like Robbie Thompson skimmed instances. it and said, hey, these FBI guys can be reason, and that's it. Yeah, so, yeah. so like, getting back to, to my whole theory is that um, Wamba... Uh, probably knew the exact frequency or whatever that would set the, 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 the symbiote off. And since the symbiote is so uh, so weakened right now it, with its corruption and everything, it's, it's um, prone to its rage and everything, that it kind of set the symbiote off in this fitful rage where it was just like blinded and it was animalistic and it just went off because even Flash couldn't control the symbiote. It's like, oh, it got into this Lapse. cycle. Yeah, exactly. Got into the cycle. Yeah, relapse. And the way I the way I think of it is that when the symbiote finally came to um, out of its blind rage, it was still suffering from rage, and it felt like oh you know this is of course this is my theory of course. It, but hey, that's just a theory. Yeah, of Venom just a theory. theory. Um, oh my theory is that it felt it was no longer worthy for Flash. Flash, as I've been saying, is he is a hero who no longer really needs Venom because Venom is right now in a downward spiral um, with his corruption. Uh, he, Flash can be a hero on his own. He can get a new symbiote, whatever. But uh, Venom is having problems. And it knows this. And it knows that it's no longer good for Flash. And he doesn't want to be with Flash, even though he wants someone like Flash. He wants someone to help him through his problems. He uh, doesn't have to necessarily uh, be someone as good as Flash, but as you know, someone who who can help the symbiote get back on track with uh, with recovering from. This well, you know, there's, rage. there's no one as good as Flash. Yeah, so. no. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. And, so, uh, and the other... yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, like, the one thing that just never really clicked with me is the fact that when Venom separates from Flash, and then we go from, you know, Venom number one, and then he bonds with Lee, and then, he, you know, he's pretty much telling Lee to be this good guy. He tries to be a hero with him, 
And when he goes back with Brock, he's all corrupted and he doesn't want anyone to take him away. And he says, like, if you get near Eddie, I'm going to kill you. You know, that's where I got that assumption with, you know, a priest dying because he. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, I, I don't know. That was just kind of like very confusing altogether. Yeah. And then even, even in Venom 6, he's just like, no, Lee, no more killing. I want to be a hero with Spider Man. Like, and I have a what? Th- I have a theory for that one too. <laughs> it's the power of yeah. love, guys. You just gotta accept it. It's the power of yeah, love. Yeah, like like um, you know, when it bonded with Lee, it was like, oh shoot, this is a mistake. This guy's terrible. I need anyone but Lee. It sees Eddie. Well, well, well of course, Eddie comes to it um, after Spider Man rejects it. Like I said, yeah, yeah. Spider Man rejects it. To and- rescue it. Yeah, Spider-Man rejects it at its weakest moment, and that probably pissed it off because it's having this fitful rage now. It's like, oh, you know what? Screw humanity! You know, you you're all screwing me over. And then it sees Eddie coming to the symbiote's rescue. Like, oh, my love! You know, I I've been waiting for this as well. You know, I want to bond with you, Eddie. Uh, so it's like, okay, we're back together. We're going to be Venom again. This is going to be great. We're going to be Lethal Protector. Yeah, yeah. Uh, never leave me. Don't let anything oh. come between me. I'll kill anyone who comes between us. And that's, but, you know. The thing is, I mean, Eddie himself admitted he wanted to be a hero. Yeah, And exactly. so like, he was giving it what he wanted. And then he still starts killing people. And I don't get that. And I have to go yeah. re- rewind a bit to the whole, like, plot gun and whatnot. My goodness. I... I did not like this at all. So this story had to serve a purpose. This story was obviously they had to get the Flash from point A to point B, which was Eddie, from Flash to Eddie. And that's what the story had to accomplish. And I think it failed spectacularly. Like this story, just like, like, so as you were saying, like, yes, you could have the subtext of like, uh, the Venom think, thinking it's not good enough for Flash. It's like, sorry, Flash, I'm, I'm still corrupt. I don't want to put you through this. And so, Yes, the front, that could be an interesting story, but this story does not do that. It, it's a late, late like Flash has been through. Flash and the Symbiote have been through way worse than this in space. Like when it's literally like trying to corrupt him, and like throwing around, undoing all the good they've done, and like, and then it still goes up back to him eventually. And then they're back on Earth, and Spider Man blasts off. It goes crazy, Hulk out again. You know, starts fighting Spider Man, bashing him around. Then it just calmly goes back to Flash, and so. The fact that it the flash separation needed to be a big moment, and it needed to be this like uh, if it had been something like maybe it goes out of control again while Flash is wearing it and it kills some innocent person and Flash is like oh my god what have what have we done what have you done Venom like and so Venom's like I'm sorry I I can't be with you I'm not good enough for you and so but it wasn't that it was just like boom symbiote's off oh come on back Venom what do you mean Snyarg which is what he says. <laughs> so like, and I, I was expecting a lot more with this. Like it was just like I don't know where. Like a split, a split action. That's it. You know. And it, it, I think uh, it could have benefited from like just the symbiote saying, you know, uh, when it's when it's running off, it's like, oh, you know, I, this is too much for me. I can't continue doing this with you, Flash, because I can't corrupt you like I am corrupted. Because remember, uh, when this issue starts, it's like a few weeks after uh, the end of Space Night, and the, and Mania is still not recovered from her hell mark, and that's probably weighing on the symbiote, you know? That's probably weighing on its corruption, being around the hell mark, and, and how it corrupts Mania as well. So... 
yeah, it could the story would have been better, I think, if it included the symbiote uh some some reflection saying, you know, I love you, Flash, but I'm no longer good for you. I need to find Or they could have just had Agent Wambog specifically say Oh, my plot gun was set to a specific frequency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because as it, yeah, as it as it stands, it just it looks like a sonic gun. That's a hundred percent what it looks like, and I don't see the reason that it would make Venom act like this. Right, like he needed to say like, oh, it was at a specific frequency that made him go super crazy or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But see, nothing. Yeah, got, yeah. Nothing. Th- this story was super rushed and quick, like even more rushed than the the main story. And honestly, I think this would benefit a lot if say. Don't have like as cool as the Ron Lim issue was with uh, uh Michelini. Next one. Next one. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll go and get into that. But I feel like don't have that story. Put that in the next issue backup. Make the co- issue cost a little more and double this story because yeah. this was not enough. Like it just right. it's so quick and it it's unsatisfying in every way. This should not be how Age of Benefits. This is so disappointing in every single way. This is the milestone issue, and this is what we got. It's like, you know, I, I don't understand how they kind of approved that. They should have, like, you know, took more time to actually put more details, you know? That's... It, should, it should have been a big moment. Like, right. And instead, like, hey, here, Age of Benefits, this is Venom 150. Here's a really unsatisfying thing for Age of Venom. There you go. This is done. It's like, what? What? <laughs> like, I. This is like right. my favorite character, and you're just like throwing him to the side, like. But he he will be back in Amazing Spider-Man. He'll be back in Venom, doing something. Who knows? But I mean, we've heard he'll he'll return in some fashion in the story at least. Yeah, right. You know, just just have hope. They have, they have said mean, he'll be back at least. If it weren't for uh, Nick Lowe on Twitter and Devin in the letters specifically yeah. mentioning that they have big plans for him and that Last you'll see him in future Spidey books, yeah, I, I would be a mess right now. Like that's <laughs> the only thing I'm holding on to. You know, like they have plans for him. They have plans for him. Don't worry. This this issue sucks, but they have plans for him. <laughs> now, what what I will say is that even though, regardless of all that, personally for me, the only thing that's this part is like. I was saying to myself, please don't let have Annie lose a symbiote too. Please don't oh, let that happen. Yes. Oh, yeah. Please, please. Like, please. And, yeah. the, and the okay. fact that she's in New York with Flash, and so she, he didn't just abandon her again. Uh, so she's with right. him. Like you see them searching for them together. Like I'm very glad Andy is still with him. So I'm yeah. very also, thankful for that. Family is adorable. Oh, so good. Mm. Because <laughs> it, I would have lived as as hell if if she would have lost a symbiote too. Restraint, restraint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's a good place to put a pin on that conversation. Um, so, finally, we get to what I'll call the candy story of Venom one to number one fifty because it is just oh so sweet and it's a palate cleanser if anything. And it's called Mauled by Venom co-creator David Michelini and uh, by a, a great artist from the past, um, still great today. Ron Lim, and uh, with some art uh, by John Livesey and Lee Lurich. I think that's how you say his name. I'm sorry if I said it wrong. Uh, this is a flashback story to Venom's Lethal Protector days. It's just a brand new little tidbit of a story untold, basically. So here's the gist of it. Eddie hangs out in a mall in anticipation of a gang of serial robbers as a trap for Spider-Man. 
When things go sideways and a robber threatens to kill a mall cop, Venom steps in and dispenses his brand of lethal justice. Once the robbers are handled, the mall cop shoots at Venom and uses the woman as a human shield against him. Venom figures the mall cop isn't innocent, kills him, and walks off into the sunset. That's pretty much it. Uh, so, what were your thoughts on Mauled, Tyler? So, I don't have a whole lot to say about the story. I enjoyed it. It's exactly what it set out to be, an untold story of his, you know, Lethal Protector days. And that's absolutely what it was, in every sense. Like, uh, e- even the the coloring on it is, like, it fits Ron Lim's art so well to really give a look back at, like, what a comic from that period would be like. That's exactly what it looks like. And I think that's kind of a cool aspect to it. Like, you have Venom in looking mostly blue. And, like, that's a classic, like, 90s thing. And so it really worked for it. And the story itself, you know, it's a simple story of, you know, lethal protector justice. Like, it's Eddie just talking about himself, monologuing, and then, you know, pulling off the heads off the Spider-Man, like, curse you, Spider-Man. And, and then... Uh, and then dealing out his justice to the criminals, and you know you have you have classic venom thing. You have turning invisible. You have squeezing the head, you know, absorbing bullets, and it, it it's fun. Yeah, I, I liked it. It's overall it is kind of average because it really doesn't have any forward momentum or anything. But you know, it wasn't trying to do that. It was just like let's take a flat. It's a flashback. That's absolutely what it is. It's a trip back. And I did kind of find it weird that just. Like the the one cop that pulls the woman, he's like, "Don't hurt, hurt hurt me, hurt her instead." That's really weird. Like, I mean, I guess this is the Marvel universe, and the civilians there are kind of stupid anyway. But, stupid. <laughs> uh, but it's just the fact that so he shoot like Venom's like, "Hey, are you damaged? Do you require assistance?" Obviously, this guy's scared out of his mind. He's like, "Stay back!" And then it's like, "Hurt this woman instead," instead of like you know trying to run away or something like. What? So it's just like then, almost, almost like comically stupid. Like it's he's scared, man. All those teeth freak him out, man. That long tongue, it's scary. Yeah, but I, I really did like the panel where it's just like she's like monster. He's like correct. He's like yeah. He won't harm yes. you anymore. Like that, that one panel, just like don't worry. That was a great one. He points his finger in the air. He's like yeah, correct, madam. But you're yeah. safe now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I really did love how they brought back some of his classic power sets, the invisibility, um, the suffocating symbiote, um, where he just extends his symbiote to the victim's head and just suffocates them by pulling out all the air. Ah, that's that's some great classic stuff. The only thing I wish they did for this issue, they should have bring back the mullet. They should. That was my joke. You stole it. You stole it. (laughs) <laughs> we should have had the mullet the yes, keep the mullet gone I, I cannot yeah. stand that mullet it is a product of its time and it should stay there and <laughs> I do not like that mullet hey Ron Lim made that mullet great Venom Lethal Protector he made it great and it's it's a flashback issue you need to have the mullet nah, it, it was just weird nah, art without it it was just weird nah, I, I have to say that it was weird seeing it without it at Ron Lim and uh, Mark Bagley, I think. Wasn't it? Mark oh, Bagley? Yeah. Yeah. Flat yeah, top yeah, every day. Three issues, I think, and then Ron did the last three. Yes. I think. Yes. Yeah, with the Life Foundation stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yep, so. But it had all the main points. It had spidey hatred, protecting innocence, camouflage, smothering a guy, a scared woman, and of course, at the very end, we are Venom. Yep. It, it, it hit all those good Lethal Protector thing. 90s yep. moments. 
So, right, yeah. <laughs> I loved it throughout as well. The art was fantastic. I like I've saved so many images from it already. It's it's fantastic. But I I, I did want to point out one thing. One of our fellow maniacs, uh, Venom Maniacs, mentioned how it, it it is really a product of its time. It's just really dumb fun, and you could tell like Eddie doesn't learn anything from his past adventures, right? Like uh, back in the '90s, like he doesn't feel anything for killing anyone and that that kind of thing. And it really contrasts the story of 150, the main story, and so mm-hmm. yeah. hopefully it shows how they changed over time. Like that's what the whole start of it said like i think at the start it said like this is how he was like before all the changes right Right, exactly um yeah exactly it it was fantastic i I loved it throughout and 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 it's a good contrast to this is eddie now and this was eddie back then you know he was kind of goofy yep if if anything (laughs) if anything that's why we loved him this story brought us all together you know we might have our differences when it comes to the previous two stories, but this one really tied us all together. It's like, we're one good family, you know? This is great. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it really didn't do much for his character development. It's like, yes, this is Eddie, but it, it had a mission. It's like, let's do a classic Eddie story, and that's what it did. So it set yep. out in its mission and accomplished it. Yep, it's all nostalgia. Right, and it's great. Um, real quick, the Venom Maniac I'm quoting is Wolf Cipher. Right, just mm, give him a quick right. shout out because yeah, he Wolf has. Cipher. Like... Okay, so now that we have everybody's thoughts on these three stories, let's just give each of us a a brief little review. Say overall, what did we think about Venom number one fifty? Uh, let's start with Tyler. So, I mean, I had mixed feelings going into this, and I have mixed feelings coming out of it. And overall, I would I don't want to say it, but they are overall negative. And, I mean, I like some of the stuff they're setting up, but it's just I'm left with too many questions, and it's just like a lot of speculation, and it just doesn't line up with what I've read before. And I, I didn't enjoy that, and I thought I'd have a bigger moment. And so, but, I mean, the last story was still good. So, I mean, I don't know. Overall, I would say this was... That'd be my great meh, meh. You know. <laughs> All right, and how about you, Aaron? Well, I'd say the art was the main uh, strong mm-hmm. point of the whole issue. All three artists and all the inkers did a did an excellent job. Um, me being an, an, an Eddie fan, I would say if you're also a hardcore Eddie Brock fan like me, I would say buy it. You know, it it has him finally back as and um, shows him how he's grown. It it it. it, it it explains to the Agent Venom fans what happened, and at the end, it has a nice little story for for all fans of all ages. Uh, so, I would say it was uh, all right for, for the most part. But um, if you're a hardcore Eddie Brock fan, I would buy it. All right, and uh, how about you, Carlos? What's your review? Um, I like. Part one and part three, uh, but as part two, I didn't really uh, it really confuse me. But again, for but for all three parts for the art style, I loved it a lot. You know, uh, especially Moore's art on Venom. I hope he continues as the artist for Venom. That that's just my preference for the for the time being. Uh, but if I had to say, uh, I, I would give Venom one fifty um, a three five. So yeah. Alrighty, and uh, how about you, uh, John? Uh, yeah, I, I uh, enjoyed the issue. Um, the, the Lethal Protector story specifically was a nice, like, 
it was like the lollipop after the doctor's visit, right? Um, uh, I really there's a lot that I like about Ven- uh, the first story, but there's a lot that I didn't like, specifically ignoring continuity and the Flash story. If it weren't for Mania and Andy coming to New York with Flash, there'd be really nothing good about it at all. Uh, so I give it like a hard meh and a hard like two out of five, and I <laughs> hope it gets better from. All right, and uh, as for myself, uh, I've said it on Twitter, I'll say it again. This is the first Venom book that I came away happy with ever since Colin Bunn's run on Agent Venom's first series. Uh, even with... Uh, I, I liked the second half of Space Night, but not quite as much as I liked this single issue. Uh, yeah, it has its issues... Um, it has its problems, like the we love, uh, my love, and all that type of stuff. But I liked it overall. I liked the art. I liked the stories. I I have enough of a, of a crazy mind to to fill in the blanks as you've already heard with any plot holes or anything. So I, upon rereading it, I've read, reread this thing three times already, and each time it's gotten better for me as I just insert my own little cannon here or there. But, uh, yep. I really like this. Um, I'll upgrade the meh to a, uh, oh yeah, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty much our reviews. That's, I think that's about time to wrap things up for our first, for the first of our two-part extravaganza. Tune in, yep, tune in to our next episode coming soon in which we will discuss the land before crime and edge oh, of the boys <laughs> dinosaurs baby moon girl inhumans buy it now <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you carlos john tyler and aaron for joining me tonight and thanks to the venom site for permitting us to make this podcast under the tvs banner and all of your generous support uh, and finally thank you loyal listeners and fellow venomaniacs you guys make an awesome community, and it's an honor to be your voice on the airwaves. Together, we are Venomaniacs. <laughs> <laughs>